What's going through your mind right now? My mom just called me um, just to tell me how proud she is. And that's just what I'm feeling right now is a lot of pride uh, to be the last person to carry this baton and run through the tape, as I said. This has been a long journey of real people here who have suffered. And people have died waiting for this moment to come. Put out of places, denied housing security and economic security. And the Senate just took a stand for the very first time to not tolerate that any longer and to give our community a future in which we can thrive. Uh, I always said this vote would be bipartisan. I always said we had the votes. If only we had the leadership who was willing to move and act on it. And so this also tells people that if you vote for change, you can deliver on the results that you want. Um, this was long overdue. This should have been done years ago. Um, but we are taking this baton and, and running to the finish line on this. Would you be willing to share any more anecdotes that you've heard from people? You talked about some people being afraid to sit on the same side of a table because of potential discrimination. What else? Yeah, you, you know, it, it, I hate to even bring up this name, but I will. Former Speaker of the House Lee Chatfield, who ran against this issue when it almost was brought toward the finish line uh, in 2014, and there was a whole campaign on this that was on the eve of when I got into the legislature, once said, if this discrimination happens, well, we would all know about it. If there's nowhere to report it to, if there's no remedy for the discrimination, where are people supposed to report it? So people have suffered in silence. Some of them courageously were out front on this, even when they could seek no justice. Reporting it, being public about it, demonstrating that it is real and it happens. But there is a whole larger class of LGBTQ folks who have been repressed, who have to choose between living an authentic and genuine life to thrive in and keeping their job or keeping their house. Um, every time I introduce this bill, I hear from more and more and more people um, with these claims. Um, you know, some of them are, are, are willing to go public with it, but others still know that for lack of remedy for that discrimination, they got nowhere to go um, to, to seek justice. And so I, I truly mean it. This liberates us. This is a liberation of that oppression that at long last here in the eyes of our law, you cannot be fired, you cannot be evicted, you cannot be denied services and housing uh, because you are LGBTQ. And um, this is going to save lives. It really is. Uh, it's going to allow people to live a fulfilling, true, authentic life here in the state of Michigan. Uh, Senator Moss, I know you put a lot of thought into your speech. Um, and for the last several weeks throughout this process, you've uh, really paid uh, uh, honor to the folks that came before you. Uh, what does that mean to you? And uh, Yeah, I'm on the last, last leg of this journey. And uh, there have been people who have literally dedicated their entire lives to this movement when it was 
dangerous to do so. I think we're obviously in this different political atmosphere where I think most of the general public is just astounded that this is not part of the law. But it was because of those people who stepped up uh, and stood up against this type of intolerance um, so that they didn't have to suffer in silence anymore. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, just thinking about Stonewall and its impact across the country, including right here in Detroit and the first Pride March here in Michigan in 1972, that was courageous. These people risked their lives, their reputations, their economic futures, their families, in order to stand up and say, I'm a part of this community, uh, we deserve equal treatment under the law, and we're not going to tolerate bigotry anymore. So there are people whose journeys have been a lot tougher than mine getting to this point, and it is critically important that we remember them as we get into the final chapter of this long journey. Senator, like you mentioned, this passed with Republican support. Still, some of the colleagues on the other side of the aisle had a lot of harsh words for this legislation. Where does Michigan go culturally from here? Well, I'll pray for them. Uh, but, uh, you got that. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm asked all the time, right, you know, well, what type of discrimination have you ever experienced? What if the guy from cubicle 38 at your job held those views and you had to go into work every single day um, and have to interact with this person and not knowing what their true motivations are and not knowing um, how they uh, want you to succeed or not succeed in the workplace. I mean, there, there's workplace discrimination here. For any, Forget me as a state senator. I'm protected. What hurts me the most is the staff here. For the last years, under the last majorities, who had to suffer through intolerance here and listen to these speeches on the microphone and listen to the holdup uh, of our legislation and yet still felt it was their service and dedication to the state of Michigan to be a part uh, of this institution. This liberates them as well. This is, a, this is a majority that supports them and their futures. So, I, I, listen, you know, I'm, I'm going to hear it all on the Senate floor. I've heard it all before. I'm sure I'll hear it all in the term ahead. Uh, but uh, this shouldn't be tolerated. It shouldn't be tolerated in any workplace. Can you respond directly to the scenario that Albert laid out of a Christian school potentially being forced to hire someone who has different beliefs than the Christian school does? I mean, is that a possibility under this bill? Again, these are hypotheticals that have not been borne out into reality, and it is ill-informed of how Elliot Larson works. It's ill-informed of how government works. Government cannot intervene in a in a in the in the religious uh, interactions of in a religious institution. You, I, I defy him to go into a, a Jewish school and start teaching Christianity and see how fast he'll, he'll, he'll maintain his employment there. It's, 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 it's a totally different reality. There's parts of this debate, I feel like we're talking about two different things, and the opposition is truly just ill-informed of Elliot Larson. And that's one of the things that has been frustrating me for a lot of years, is that Elliot Larson in this building has turned into a curse word when the act has saved lives, not just what we're doing for LGBTQ people, but for racial discrimination, for sex discrimination, age, height, weight. This act is probably one of the most profound civil rights acts here in the country. Uh, and, and to have those who have perverted it, its intentions, its impact, 
and its processes has been the biggest shame of this whole debate. Senator Moss, you were able to pass this less than two months into this new session after you know, working on this for decades. What do you think that you know, signals to the rest of the country, you know, what, what's possible when Democrats you know, kind of take over a state legislature like this? We're delivering on our promises. We have talked about some of these major issues, whether it's Elliot Larson, whether it's the 1931 abortion ban that, that we're going to take care of soon, uh, whether it's repealing the pension tax, whether it's boosting the working families tax credit, that when you vote for people, you can really introduce change in the laws here. We have campaigned on this. It has not been lip service. And this is a new majority in town that is acting. I think about the last six months uh, from July and December in this place, we had five days of session. Last majority didn't produce anything in the last six months. We're here now entering into month two, as you mentioned, and we're making significant change that really impacts people in every aspect of their life, from their complete and whole self to their pocketbook. This is what a Democratic majority looks like, and we've been promising what it would look like for the last 40 years. Senator Rumstead uh, passed by your desk during debate. Uh, you two had a little chat. Uh, he asked me if I was going to go as long as Senator McBroom. <laughs> <laughs> what was going through your head during that McBroom speech? He was making the case for the bill. Senator, could you talk a little bit now that this has passed the Senate, are there any other additional legislation or policy proposals that you think um, could come up uh, to, to forward the cause for LGBTQ people? Absolutely. We have to address our hate crime statute. Trans women of color are... Uh, disproportionately impacted by hate crimes within our community. Uh, and that is a, a pressing urgency to make sure that LGBTQ protections are in that act as well. Uh, after the Roe versus Wade decision, it was uh, Judge Thomas who, who signaled that Obergefell is, is next on the chopping block. We still have a marriage ban here in the state of Michigan. Uh, and and it, if it wasn't for Obergefell, that would be the law of the land here. So if that is threatened, we have to act with urgency uh, to repeal our marriage ban that, would, that could potentially dissolve marriages and relationships and economic and financial security for a whole class of people overnight. Um, so you know that has to be a vote of the public uh, in order to change our Constitution, and, and I really think that is our next charge. Um, we have to clean up other state statutes that make references between man and woman uh, within marriage. Um, but this is, this, you know, I, I would say this. This wasn't always popular even in the Democratic caucus. This took a lot of changing of hearts and minds over many years. But when I introduced this bill, there was no question that I had 19 other colleagues who had my community's back. And this is a Democratic majority that will act with fierceness to protect the LGBTQ community. And I expect a lot more uh, that we'll be able to produce in the next uh, few years here. Did you have any conversations with Frank Foster before this? I saw him sitting up yeah. What did he tell you? You know, I've talked to Frank throughout this journey. This has obviously become a passion project of his since 2014. Um, I think it's very meaningful for a lot of folks, including our strong allies. You know, I'm, I'm the only gay person serving in the state Senate. We would literally not have this vote if it wasn't for the work of allies. I, and apparently, on both sides of the aisle, because this was a bipartisan vote. Um, so, I, 
Frank has been a strong advocate for this issue, uh, and uh, and because of him standing up and risking his own political career, uh, he made it so that the next class of, of legislators on both sides of the aisle uh, could really have this conversation in their district and have the security that they knew that their next election wasn't going to ride uh, or die on, on whether or not they vote for this bill. Thank you, Senator. Actually, one more question. Do you have yeah. any idea about the timeline for the House? Soon.